Good morning, everybody. Be Real Connections, episode three. Starting off this morning, freaking cold out. Cold again, 509. Working my way. The defroster on the car is struggling right now. <clears throat> the defroster's on. It can't blow hot air towards me. Ridiculous. Anyways, hope you guys are having a good morning, afternoon, whenever you view this. Uh, today, let's hit on, just because yesterday I saw a little uh, new sign I got sent to me. New sign that Meyer had up. So today, we're going to hit on... Uh, we're going to hit on the, the card market as far as regulation in stores. Maybe touch on a little scalping um, just for fun. So let's let's dive right in. Let's get on this uh, smorgasbord of information and thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like halfway in between. Like, do I sneeze? Do I cough? What is going on in my body? Ah, okay, anyways. So yesterday, I got sent a photo, uh, and you might not be in a place that has a Meyer, um, but here in my state, we have Meyer, and they put up a sign and flipped over all the box, all the boxes that carry the cards, sports cards, anything major, was flipped over, and several signs were placed out that said. We are because of the high uh, demand for cards. You will now have to purchase them at the electronics desk on Fridays, 3 p.m. And I was like, "Oh, well, that's interesting," because now this opens up a lot of different discussion. First off, does that when when is the restock day? If the restock day is on a Monday, I can't get cards until Friday. So now you're funneling everybody into a Friday, which could be bad, could be good. It's hard to say because in nowhere did this sign or any other sign say that there was a limited quantity for a customer to buy. So we have that issue. You're telling me, you're either telling me that the vendor's coming Friday, and it's going to be stocked, and then the rest of the week, I'm pretty much out of luck. Or you're saying, we've caged up everything. Friday's the only time we're going to let people come get this, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. <clears throat> if you're there, you're there, uh, and you get it. Some, you don't get some. We don't have a limited quantity, whatever. I would hope that with them doing this process and trying to, you know, regulate the card consumption a little better, that they would go, okay, you can have one of each item, then let the next person in line get one of each item that they would like, and that's it. That's the way I would think it would be. That's the way I think it should be, so that everybody gets a fair chance at it, but we're going to see today's Friday and we're going to go and see how the Meyer situation works today and see if it's 
a good option. I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating if people are seeing this around my area or around, uh, you know, wherever your mire may be, and I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to have this gigantic line, uh, you know, in the store at the electronics desk. I mean that was that was the other thing. I mean, what what are you? How long are you willing to wait? Is this is this a better option than say when the doors open at 7 a.m. and you got a line outside, you know, half a mile long, waiting to get in, hoping you get some product? Or is this hey, we're gonna clog up the store with a huge line because we've pretty much gone hey, <laughs> Friday 3 p.m. Be there, be square. So it's, it's going to be interesting because as much as this is a, a step forward, probably in the right direction to regulate things a little better, uh, at least in the Meyer sense, um, it could open up other problems, you know, I mean, especially for in-store activities. I mean, if you got people just wrapped around aisles because they're waiting, hoping to get something um, could cause problems for other customers that aren't there for carts. But we'll we'll see how it goes. And th this is this is just the sad state that maybe our card market has got into is you have to you have to regulate the cards now in a certain way. You've had at least I've heard multiple stories, I mean, stories on top of stories of people, like, scouting out the vendors and finding out what cars they drive and, you know, knowing their exact routes and following them around to see where they go, at what times, and what days. I mean, I've heard multiple people from store <laughs> stores uh, and other reliable sources that vendors now, they used to come on a certain day. Maybe it was... Walmart on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Now we've heard that vendors have to uh, pretty much do an unpredictable schedule and come whenever because they've had so many people like stalk them to find out what's going on. So instead of your normal on Tuesday every week, it's going to be Monday at 1, Tuesday at five Wednesday at twelve thirty six. Which is good because I mean it's good and it's bad. You either have the one side of hey I'm there's a consistent time where I know I can possibly get some cards. That's awesome. The vendor stocks on Tuesdays. I'm gonna go there. I have Tuesday off or I have a second on Tuesday to break away. I can finally get something. Now you have, I don't know when they're coming, so what time of day do I go and do I have to go every day? That's what kind of blows because everybody, and it's not everybody, and I don't want to single out and say that it's uh, scalpers only, but it's a majority scalpers and they're digging in buying all the product, and then you ain't got nothing. It never used to be this way. You used to be able to find stuff all the time. Pre-pandemic, loaded. Now, 
everybody is just going crazy buying up everything every chance they get. So, the good thing, really, is that stores are starting to recognize this, and at least attempting. I feel like this isn't the perfect way for Meyer to be like, hey, uh, Friday, 3 p.m., electronics desk. I don't think that that's the perfect solution to regulating this, but I think they're taking a necessary step in the right direction. It's the same with, uh, if you've been to, I, I know some of the bigger box stores, uh, like Target, have also put out, hey, we're, we're limiting two per customer. You can only get two items per customer, that's it, for cards. Um, they've also introduced now, if you haven't seen it, um, a uh, virtual line so that you can come into the store, you say, hey, um, is the vendor coming today? Or yet I must, I, you have to go up to the service desk, so I should preface that. Vendor's coming today, uh, I'd like a place in line, and then what you have to do is they put you in electronically, and then you will get a notification on your phone that it's your turn in line to get whatever product you'd like, you know, obviously still at that limited quantity, but you have to be, uh, you have to maintain yourself in the, uh, target. So you still could be waiting a long time, hoping to get some product. Um, but again, it's a, they're, they're trying a method there and I'm sure there's a time period where they go, we're going to look from, you know, February to March. We're going to see how this plays out and if this has helped or not and then we'll readjust from there. That's what they should be doing. Because again, that doesn't guarantee everybody uh, cards at all. That also doesn't guarantee uh, or that doesn't you know alleviate the I might have to wait for hours on there. And for most normal people, depending on again, depending on what time this is all going down because if the vendors are mixing up their <laughs> mixing up their hours, you don't know when they're coming. So I don't have time to just be like staking out all these stores and be like, ah, uh, uh, ah, uh, where are they coming? Oh, gotta get in line over at Target. Gotta get in line over at Meyer. I mean, at least in the Target in the Target world, I'm not sure when they're restocking, so I don't know when I can go and get in line and then. Yeah, I guess I can go read some cereal box labels for an hour or whatever to get some cards, but that's still a little outrageous to me. Um, Meyer at least is giving you a definitive time. Like, hey, <laughs> 3 p.m. we're going to open the floodgates and start letting people buy product. <clears throat> so I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's some way to meld these concepts that these places are trying and make something really efficient, really effective and really distribute the product that is being restocked, air quotes, because it's not on the shelves and it's behind the electronics desk, um, so that everybody gets a fair shot, you know? And I think our card shop, local card shop, does it really well. Um, they, they send out, like, a Facebook post, and they're like, hey, we're going to have 
Shining Fates in on this day. It is cost this much. Limit one per customer. And then it is, it's a, I need to wait outside the card shop and whatever. And they actually had a little, like, assembly line of, here's the products, you're up next, which ones would you like? And they passed them from behind the counter to you, and then move on to the next station, move on to the next station, move out to the cash register, get out the door. And, I mean, it's still a first-come, first-serve basis, but... Pretty much everybody had a good shot at getting product, which is nice. Because I would rather have, I would rather buy one, you know, booster box or one tin or one whatever at MSRP and uh, only receive one of it than get online and try to pay for something that's double what my retail is, you know, actually supposed to be, because everybody's snatched it up before I had a chance to get to it, you know? I mean, if we get down to, you know, the bare bones of this, it's being able to get something at a fair market price. I mean, the reason all these people and scalpers and whoever else are doing so well is they have the time to go out and uh, unload everything the store just stocked if they made it first into the store. But then they go, hey, guess what? We're working in a supply and demand market, which that's how it always is. But now we've cornered the market. Because let, let me, let me, I'm going to tell you a little a little story because I had to at one point call Walmart and complain there was a local card shop or there is a local card shop at a city adjacent to mine and this local card shop owner gets in and we don't, we don't know how this is why we complain but we were visually watching him get out of Walmart prior to opening time. So opening was 7 a.m. By the time 7 a.m. is rolling around, it was maybe like three minutes before, he's already walking out with bags of product to his car. So we, I, I and a couple other people, obviously, we, we called up Walmart's corporate and we were like, hey, the store in this city is doing this. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know how he's getting in, if he's got a buddy on the inside or whatever. Obviously, it's wrong. But the worst part about that is, if you're a card shop owner, you're this is a local card shop in this city, if you're the owner, you should have some sort of uh, distributor that is sending you the product you need for your store. You should have registered with a distributor, you should get allocated a certain amount for, you know, sports cards, and Pokemon cards, and whatever else you're selling at your shop. And that should be, hey, this is this is what I got. This is what I'm selling. You know, blah blah. But what he's done is gone and said, you know what? 
I snatch all of this stuff from the only places that these people can get cards, then they are forced to come to my shop. And you know what? I think at that point, I'm going to mark up this uh, this uh, product that I have by, I don't know, we'll mark it up 50, 100, eh, maybe let's mark it up 200%. Because now, if they want product, they either got to try to get it online, or if they don't want to mess with all that, and they want it right now, instant gratification, they're going to be forced to go to my shop and pull it out of here. And I'm going to make bank on it. And to me, that is wrong. And if you're out there going, oh man, that guy's just smart, smart. I'm not saying it's not a strategy that can be beneficial to your entrepreneurship. But to everybody else, it's maybe, maybe if we look at it and just go, you know what, it, it might be business savvy to do that, but maybe it's morally wrong to do that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, at least be like, you know what, I have product that I'm getting for my shop. I'm going to purchase these, you know, these certain items and I'll leave some on the shelf for other people. And when I go back to my shop, I have to do a little markup because I just bought these at retail. I got to do a little markup because I do have to make some money, but I'm not going to do anything astronomical, you know? Then maybe we have a situation where it's like, okay, we understand that. That makes sense. It's maybe five, five, ten dollars more than what I'd normally buy it. That's fine. I, I could live with that. But if you're going to buy everything out and then go to your store and say, you know what? This was 20 bucks. It's now 80 because you can't get it anywhere else. That's where I have the problem with it. Because we can't sit there and be like, I'm going to sit outside the door at Walmart from uh, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Or, you know what? I got a buddy on the inside. He lets me in the back door. I go snatch all the stuff and then I'm out before the store even opens. Woo! That's. That's where it goes into that moral area of you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. We're seeing that you're doing it, and if you think we're buying at your card shop, you're out of your mind. I mean, there's easy ways to fix, you know, all this scalping. If you look on any of the um, Instagram, Facebook, you, you see you're a scalper. He's a scalper. Don't deal with him. He scams. He scalps. He does this. He does this. So a scalper don't know is any person that buys product for an immediate uh, flip, you know, an immediate return way above market price or retail price. So any of these people that are just like busting out, jacking the price up, it's to me, it's wrong, but the issue becomes, and I know we're switching from our regulating of the stores to the scalping. We'll, we'll circle back. Uh, the problem becomes people are willing to buy it. That is what's boggling my mind. I do not need, I do not need the product bad enough 
to where I'm going to buy anything that's double the price. I mean, I'll be patient and I'll wait and maybe I can snag something at retail and I'll be super ecstatic. It'll be great. It'll be fun. But I don't need anything as a collector bad enough to be like, oh, I just got to do it. I got to do it. Particularly because you don't know what you're going to get in a box. You, you do anything, sports cards or otherwise, and you pay double the price for it. You're sitting there, at least if it were me, I'd be sitting there going, oh, I just paid double for this. I better pull whatever the best card is in this set or I'm going to be ticked. So am I going to be ticked that I didn't pull the card or am I going to be ticked that I spent double what retail is on it? A little bit of both. More so on the, I can't believe I spent double on double on this box and didn't pull what I wanted to pull. You'd be better off buying it raw from TCG Player or eBay or wherever you get your singles from. Maybe a local card shop. Probably save you in the long run. But easy way to fix it. Stop buying it. Just stop buying it. The easiest way for them to bring down the price, scalpers or otherwise, is to not buy it. Hold out. Is it going to kill you or affect your life if you are not purchasing a box, a pack, a tin of cards the minute it comes out? Or for that matter, it doesn't even matter if it's the minute it comes out. If it's been out a week and you're still seeing people trying to sell it online for double the price, don't buy it. Just wait. Wait two more weeks. If they don't have anybody nabbing at it, they go, ah, oh, man, I don't want this. I guess I'll, I guess I got to bring down the price. Nope, still haven't got anybody buying it. I guess I'm going to bring it down a little more. I got to move this product. I can't just sit on it. That's that's what I don't think, and I don't know if everybody understands. Like, they had to purchase it at that retail price, which is great for them. They made, boom, retail price. But if they don't have anybody buying it, at some point, they're going to sit and go, I am sitting on a ton of inventory. Nobody's buying it at my marked up price, and I don't want it. I got to get rid of it so that I have some cash flow back into whatever I'm doing. If I'm a scalper or if I'm a local car shop or whatever, I got I to gotta bring it down. I got to bring it down, and I got to move it because I need some form of capital to purchase other things. I mean, every whatever it is, you know, every month, two months, a new set comes out of, you know, Panini Prism, uh, Contenders for basketball or football, and, you know, there are always new sets for every other trading card game, so if you're sitting on a ton of inventory, because nobody's buying your outrageous prices, they gotta move it, they don't have a choice but to bring that price down and move that product so that they can go and try it again in the next new thing so as a as a collecting community 
we got to sit there and go, hey, I'm not paying that. You bring the price down and I'll pay it. But this whole concept is the same for the whole market. If you throw up, uh, you know, the uh, an autograph, Kobe Bryant, and you've seen its selling points for, you know, oh man, they got $1,200 for this. It's, it's raw. Oh man, I should be able to get it. Uh, you, you, you might be able to get it at that. But those people got lucky and the market was high at the time where people were willing to pay that. And then by the time you put yours up, the market is trending back down and you're going to have to go, oh man, it's, it's been, it's been a month. I haven't got any hits on this Kobe. Uh, I got, I got to bring the price down and Kobe might be a, that might be a bad example, but you know, the basis of what, where the market is trending and what you may have to do. I mean, I've had, I've had cards that I've had up on eBay before and you know, a month ago it sold for X amount of dollars and here I am trying to get comparable to that, uh, to that sale price while still maintaining that I need to at least break even on this card from purchase and grading and shipping and all that. So I have a set amount I need to at least get out of it. And then I'm going, oh man, it's been up there for a month. I've had a ton of views, no watchers. I guess I'll bring it down. You know, you might have to take a little less than what you're intending to get, but it's everybody who's willing to buy whatever item at these higher prices that is driving the price of everything else up. If everybody's willing to buy something at five grand when really it's only worth a grand, you're going to stay at that five grand spot because everybody's willing to pay it. And until everybody goes, ah, that's, that's not worth that. I mean, I don't care what your, what your eBay price says. And I'm glad you put it up for five grand, but I will give you, I'll give you one because that's really what the value is. That's, it's just, it's just a funny and very complex uh, hobby, especially if you're in it for collecting and selling and trading. It's, it's complex because the market fluctuates. You got people that don't really know the value of cards and expect, you know, oh man, I got, I got a Charizard and it's, you know, Charizard I pulled out of a cereal box, but because of the branding of the name and Pokemon, I should be able to get $20 million for this. No, you shouldn't. It came out of a, you know, Lucky Charms box and I'll give you $5 for it. I'll give you maybe past the cost of the cereal box and the cardboard. But, you know, it's, it's how people how people value it in their eyes and uh, what people are willing to go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely pay that. And then everybody else goes, no, don't be buying it for that. Otherwise, everybody's going to put it up for that same price and we're never going to get where the actual value should be to purchase it for ourselves for our collection. 
Ah. That's what I have to say about that. Moral of the story? Scalping bad. Selling at a reasonable, fair price? That's fine. I do that. When we get when we get dupes in our collection, and I send off, you know, three of them to get graded, I keep one for myself because I love the card and I love my collection and I love seeing cards in a slab. You know, that makes me happy. But then the other two, I'm going, hey, I've done the legwork for you. I've put in the time for grading, the time for registering the card, the, you know, the shipping. I've waited. I've done all this stuff for you. So now I'm going to get the cost of the card, what it cost me initially to buy it, the cost of grading and shipping. Now, cost of my effort. And then hopefully, you know, depending on what card it is, maybe a little more, nothing astronomical. I mean, when I'm selling, I am never, I am never that person that is like, boy, I got to put this up for this. And if I don't get it, I'm just, oh, I'm livid. I'm like, no, that person, you know, sold it for this. I would be happy with, you know, and I'm just arbitrarily saying numbers here. If somebody sold it for 500, I would be good with 350. I'd be like, you know what? That was high for that car to me. I'm good with 350. I'd be happy and content. I am not. I, I don't need to. It's not. That's not my job. I'm not a full-time seller of cards or anything. It's not my job to try to support my family. So I need that thing. I'm a collector, and I know there's value in this card. So I'm going to get. I would like some value for it back. But I know that there's other collectors out there that would like this card and would like it at a reasonable price. So. I'm content with getting X, but that's how I've been just because I know as also a buyer, I like to try to get a fair deal on something as well for my collection. Scalpers, they don't care about that. They care about turning the profit. They're not even collectors. Most of them aren't even collectors themselves. They don't care about the cards. I care about the cards. A lot of other people in the community that, you know, we're in uh, for trading cards and uh, comics and all that stuff. A lot lot of these people actually care about the comics or the cards and care about the people that are buying and trading and selling in this community as well. You know, I feel like, I feel like, you know, the, and I'll, I'll use the Pokemon community because that's kind of where we've, we've been focusing on, you know, that they, they're very good to each other. They know, they know who's who, they know who's genuine and they kind of weed out the scalpers and the people that are there with wrong intentions, which is, which is great. That's, that's what we need. You know, you stick together. Yeah weed out who's not really, you know, you're not really a collector and you don't really care and you're trying to do some sketchy things on here. Let's let's get this guy out of here, you know? It's it's nice to see that and then you have those people that have your back, you know? And I think these communities for trading cards and stuff have really grown pan, during pandemic time, you know, and have really built some trust and some 
uh, good friendships with people that you can't even go see at this juncture, you know? So it's really, really nice to see, and I really appreciate it, and I know a bunch of other people appreciate that as well, and it just makes it more enjoyable in the community. Because you can sit and complain about how you can never get any cards, or, you know, sit and complain about how you can't, you ripped through 37 packs, can't pull a, you know, a Charizard or a so-and-so or whatever, so it's fun. But I, I do like, I do like where these stores, see, I told you I'd circle back around. Uh, these stores are starting to regulate or try to at least, uh, you know, the consumption of these cards so that scalpers and, uh, people like that are not just diminishing the stock of cards the second it comes in, you know, uh, and really real quick, I'll just tell you a quick story. We, I had, a yesterday I actually got off the phone. I called target a few different times, corporate and local because their, their website says, Hey, we, we have these cards in stock. We can't tell you how much oh, they're in stock. It says it on our website at this location. Yada, yada. I know for a fact that they're not in stock. So yesterday I call anyway, they say, Hey, it's on your website. Can you tell me anything more? I mean, do you guys do a rain check? Do you do anything to where I could get this? And, uh, I said, we got six in stock here. I call the local store. They're like, we don't have any stock. So then I'm going, well, how do you guys know? How do you, how is the inventory controlled? I mean, should it, shouldn't it update fairly regularly? So we know and we have some idea of whether or not this is in stock and target had no good response. To that. They're like, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it might update in an hour, might update in a, a week. Like really your inventory control is astounding. I would assume the easiest way for you to control inventory is to have it linked to the checkout. And once somebody scans it and takes it away from the store, it's removed from the inventory. But <laughs> Target's not sure what's going on. So shame on you, Target. Anyways, um, we're at our time limit. I'm at work. Uh, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. Uh, stay safe and we'll catch you guys later. Bye.